0: God doesn't call the equipped, He equips the called. It's something I'm pretty sure everyone who serves in ministry has said at some point. Mary Mangum is Jules' guest on the Jill Show podcast this week. She and her husband were rearing their family in the perfect suburban life when they felt the call to be missionaries. This is her story.
1: Well, you know, it seems like a, a theme throughout your life that God calls you to do something, and... I think maybe from the outside world, it seems
0: different. I'm sure it does. Seems a little crazy. It, it, it seems crazy to me sometimes. <laughs>
1: so when was the first thing? I know we are kind of alluding to that, but when's yeah. the first time where you say like, okay, God called me to do something and I really had to trust that that was his voice?
0: So I would say when Chad and I got married, we both had expressed a desire to adopt one day. Um, so life goes on, you know, you work, you're busy. We um, had Ava in 2006, Then, uh, it was, we couldn't get pregnant then we did and it was miscarriage. And then it was just disappointment. It was years, you know, going by. And in 2012, he and I went on a weekend retreat separately. It was like a spiritual retreat weekend. And, uh, we were sitting and doing these table discussions with other women. And I remember they were talking about dreams and we had to do this little talk about what's your dream. And all of a sudden it was like, adoption, like, yeah. And this was, I mean, 10 years, probably 10 years later. And can I just go back and say
1: like, but you had to slow down to hear that dream. Like you had to make space in your life and in your schedule yeah. to slow down. And maybe that dream was rattling around, but you didn't probably. slow down to hear
0: it. Probably, And I think, because I think for a while it was struggle for me because didn't, I didn't get pregnant and we had the miscarriage and all that. And it was like, maybe I'm only meant to be a mom of one. Maybe God doesn't think I could handle more. So it looked at, I looked at it from the angle of maybe I don't deserve more than one child. I mean, it was a really, uh, unfortunately, distorted view of who God was at the time. Dark time. Yeah, it was. And it, uh, just kind of an oppressing time of just I wasn't good. At the, I'm not good enough, you know. And finally, um, like I said, that dream came apparent to me. And I went home and I told my husband, I said, Chad, I think we should adopt. And he goes okay, let's do it. And so this was March of 2012. And we signed with our agency in June of 2012 um, to begin the process of waiting because we decided we ended up going within an agency that did adoptions out of China. And we knew it was going to be a long wait because we, you know, at the time, they have a thing with children that are healthy, but it was like seven, eight years at that point. Because there was such a huge influx of adoptions in the 90s and early 2000s of healthy girls. Because if you know anything about China, there was a preference for boys. But that actually is changing. Because when we actually were able to adopt our daughter, the, uh, um, the orphanage was full of boys. Wow. There were girls, but there is this misconception. But it's that it's all girls. But now it's especially children with um, special needs. And so Ella has special needs. But it was only her eyes she had strabismus like we were willing to take heart problems eye problems and it was just a strabismus where your eyes you know your muscles are weak and your eyes crossed in and so you so can correct we, it easily yeah i mean we, we, she had surgery and so we ended up waiting i think around 15 months and i think about a month or two before we got matched with ella i was in this prayer group with some women and we were praying for each other and this one woman said to me mary you're gonna have a baby and I looked at her like she was crazy because I was like, well, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we're adopting, duh. Literally a month later, I get pregnant. Wow. Shocker. I mean, we weren't really trying. I mean, it was like people were like, oh, well, that happens because you're probably not stressed because you're adopting. I'm like, I was really never stressed per se. Uh, you know, it was one of those things I, uh, if it happens, it happens. And so, so literally, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, like a week before we got matched with Ella, I found out I was pregnant, and I was like, God, what are you doing to me? Because I'm a planner. I'm such a planner.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I was a planner. Let's say that. Planner.
1: I'm telling you God that. Oh, life, he my the balls of life, my friend. Oh,
0: he did. He's so good, though, about that. And, uh, so, yeah, I'm like, okay, we're matched. What am I going to do? And people are like, well, are you going to still go through with it? You don't have to. And I'm like, but we've waited all this time, and I've seen this little girl's picture, and I, I can't not do it. The heart
1: was already knitted to her.
0: Yeah, and so Chad and I, you know, were like at the same time, I felt like God was telling us to sell our house. We were like, and I told my husband, and he looked at me like, are you sure? And I'm like, Chad, I'm serious. I I feel like I heard it. And let's go back a little, a little. Let's go back a little bit because this was the time where I had begun to really understand about hearing God's voice. Because years back, I have to say, I remember. I was thinking about this this morning. I remember the first time I heard the audible voice of God. Because I think there are times God is speaking to us, but we just don't recognize it. And I remember, it's
1: through a friend or certain, it might be,
0: or, or, yeah. or it's a that little voice. You know, it's not this booming Mary. I am God, here I am. Let me tell you something. Yeah, for me it's never no, happened like that. No, no, yeah. never. But I remember actually when, the year before 2012, it was 2011, I remember hearing this small voice, trust me, every day in the shower. And I thought, by the third day I'm going, okay. I'm like looking around going, my husband's at work, my daughter's at school, like, okay, I'm not making this up. And it was every day for a couple weeks and then when I got the news um, that we had an ectopic pregnancy and I had to have surgery, I remember sitting in that doctor of office and I heard, Mary, trust me. And I remember just crying because he he was preparing me for that moment. So I can tell you, I remember the first time it was an audible, but it was a whisper. Okay, it wasn't a loud voice. It was just a whisper for weeks. And I was like, I want more of that. Like, Lord, I, I, I hear you. And it was like the first time I remember like, I'm actually acknowledging, yeah, I hear you. Because years I'd be like people ask, asking people, how do you hear from the Lord? And people's like, you just know, you, you just know. And that, that never satisfied me. So I will say in 2011, there was this woman at my church who I asked and she said, well, instead of me just talking about it, why don't we just do this book together? So she didn't just tell me, she said, let me take time with you and invest in you and teach you. And it was learning how to be quiet, how to sit before the Lord, not just giving him a laundry list of my needs, not doing a Bible study, not reading. Because I think we can sometimes, i got to do, do, do. i got to work, 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 you know, for the Lord. And why Bible studies are important, reading my Bible is important, praying, but there is that being alone with the Lord and just being still and quiet so we can hear him and make room for him. And enjoy him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so the first time, and like you said— Okay, so you were in the middle yes. of an adoption, international, in China, yes. pregnant now.
0: Yeah, and so like I said, so then it was, oh my goodness, like, I, this is, sell the house, so we gotta okay. get back, sell so the house, right. The third thing, then yeah. sell, sell the, house. the house. Okay, can
1: I just take a minute and say, like, what was
0: what your family and friends saying to you at the point? Well, my husband was
1: like, uh, What? <laughs> Because you're going to sell the house and then do what? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're I mean it didn't make home. any Two sense. Two babies home from the hospital. like you And it. so it
0: was, it was like, oh, my goodness. And then not to mention, I was severely sick with my pregnancy. You know, the, the, it's not morning sickness. It's all day sickness. All day I don't sick. know who I came up with Mary, morning. I right with Can I just tell you, I did not like that person because with both of them, I'm like, this is not morning. This is all day long, okay? <laughs> uh, and so uh, there was that struggle. But it was interesting because, you know, we said, "All right, we're going to take a step of faith. This doesn't make any sense on paper. This doesn't make sense to us." And was
1: Chad also feeling led to do this? He was. Like, he, th- he prayed, he was... and
0: he's like, "Mary, I, 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 I hear you. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But it I hear doesn't you. make sense. We don't know what's going on." And at this time, he just had started school, uh, working on a seminary degree.
1: Okay. And your family and friends, what, what was their take on this?
0: Why would you sell your house? But see, did that make you waver? No. And like
1: knowing if I really heard from God when you heard other people no. being like, "Now what now?
0: Because I was praying at that time. I'll never forget that year. I was praying God, get me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Prayer answered. Yeah,
0: Yeah. But I wanted, I was like, Lord, there's got to be more than just getting up, you know, going to work or taking my daughter to school and then just doing this, the same thing all the time. Like it was beginning to feel monotonous. I'm like, Lord, there's got to be more. Um, So we sold the house to the first people that looked at it. We had nowhere to go. We wanted 10 acres. That was our dream at the time. We wanted 10 acres in Oconee County. And then nothing came about. So we found some land, finally put an offer. They rejected it. We ended up finding a rental house. Literally, Ava was going to Prince Avenue at the time. So we found one right across the street for rent. So we moved in not knowing anything and we're having to get our, um, home study redone because we moved in the middle of adoption. Yeah. So it caused delay for us to be able to go to China. And I'm like, Lord, this does not make any sense, but we're trusting you. So we move into this home and then literally two weeks, I think after, no, 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 it was before we moved into the home. It was two weeks after we put the offer on the land. They said, no, the people came back and said, we've changed our mind. We'll take your offer
1: change
0: the land was a mile from the rental house and chad was going to build the house so we embarked on a crazy crazy year in 2013-14 it was i just i don't even really remember that year uh so we move in the rental we go to china in march We adopt Ella. We come home at the end of March. I have Isabel the 1st of June. The day I had Isabel that we started digging ground on the new home, in three months the house was built, which people were like, how? 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 How did you build this house? So we're like, yes, Lord, we finally have our dream. So in September we move into the home. I remember just I couldn't that year was crazy because my youngest didn't sleep through the night and I kept telling people oh my first one slept through the night but you know six weeks I can tell anybody how to get their baby to sleep <laughs> and now I laugh I That's so a laugh good one. at That's that a good one, Mary. yeah you know it's like wow talk about being humbled I'm like lord I'm sorry I'm so prideful oh my goodness so Isabel yeah didn't sleep Ella is trying to adjust there's lots of crying. There's lots of standing in front of the sink at night, me just saying, God, help me. Because I just, I was so overwhelmed because everything had been turned upside down in the in my life as far as plans and trying to have it all figured out. And um, But it was good because God was doing something. And, and then in that time, it was like, okay, we want the 10 acres. Maybe we'll get some cows, raise some grass-fed beef. You know, there was this dream. Well, then the dream didn't feel like the same anymore. It was the weirdest thing. It's like God gave us our dream to then us to realize this isn't really the dream. Yeah. It's like a cliffhanger.
1: I know. All right. will not we do this, Mary? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Like I feel like somebody needs to do that. Okay. For a second, we're going to take a quick pause and come right back. A new episode of the Finding Joy podcast is available now. And Kathy Berggren of the Real Life Center gives us a behind-the-scenes look into their organization, and we find out that it's much more than
0: a food bank.
1: It's hard to receive help, but when you need it, you need it. And when someone loves you and walks alongside and cares for you, it's pretty awesome. Check out this episode of the Finding Joy podcast online at thejoyfm.com, on the Joy FM Georgia mobile app, or anywhere you subscribe to find podcasts all right, Mary, we left everybody with a cliffhanger. Pick it back up, friend.
0: So my husband was in school working on, I don't even remember, it's a master's of theology or something like that. Something fancy and smart. Something like that. So here he is trying to go to school, work full time. You know, I'm at this time, I think we started homeschooling my oldest, uh, around, I'm thinking, I don't even remember what year. You know, the years run together. <laughs> Can I just say that yes. as you get older? Yes, it is. Like, yeah, what year yeah. was that? Uh, and we began to really start seeking God, asking him, all right, God, what do you want? You know, it was becoming apparent to us, you know, we live our life so much with what we want. We, when we were beginning to go, okay, all right, God. It's like that I surrender thing. Mm-hmm. Lord, what do you want? I want to be, and it was like, and it's just prayer, Lord, we want to be obedient to what you're calling us to do, what you're wanting us to do, and, you know, my husband kept thinking, you know, yeah, maybe I'll get a job at a local church, and, but that just didn't seem, that just didn't seem to jive at the time. We're like, okay, there's something else, and so we ended up serving on the missions board of our church for a while because we knew there was something, we just had this this, I had a word from the Lord I was holding on to. It was, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to take you out to bring you back in. And I thought, well, what does that mean? I remember writing in my journal going, I'm going to take you out to bring you back in?
1: Hmm.
0: Like, okay, Lord, I, what? And so the missions thing, we started going, we're sensing something overseas. And we kept going, Asia, Asia. I mean, I've always been drawn to Asian culture, even since I was a child. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what is that? and we begin praying with other people can i just say the importance of having people ahead of you that are wise people oh my goodness the lord has sent us so many wise people that have so much wisdom in our life to, to speak into our life to kind of go uh-uh no 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 you're a little off or mm, there might be something to this and so we through those people we said okay we're going to form a nonprofit. So we, we formed a nonprofit called Deeply Rooted Ministries. And we knew that that would be the way to raise, through that to raise money to go overseas. And we were like, okay. So we looked at China. I'm like, no. We just was like, no, even though, you know, like, China sounds good. We've been there. We know it. But no. Um, so my husband ended up going to India, which I prayed the whole time. God, please don't let it be India. I just, no. It's just, No. It seems too overwhelming, and I kept going. It's the snakes, Lord. It's the snakes. I just can't do snakes. I know, isn't that horrible? I'm like, oh. I'm like, really, I'm so focused on the snakes. So he came back, and he was like, India was overwhelming to every sense in my body. He goes, I just don't sense it was India. He said, I just don't know for being, you know, having three girls, if India's the place. So, all right, Lord, where is it? Where is it? Well, then it was like we had connected with this person that served in, this pastor that served in Myanmar. And, you know, we're like, hmm, there's something there. But I ended up getting to go the next year on a trip to the Philippines, Thailand, and Myanmar and with the missions board at our church and got to the Philippines. I went, well, yeah, no, it's not that, definitely not the Philippines, but like Thailand, yeah. Because everybody's like, oh, Thailand, that'd be a great place. And at yeah, the same pretty. time, Chad and I had actually got a certification from UGA for TESOL, which is teaching English to speakers of other languages. So we were both certified because we felt like to get in and talking to other missionaries is if you can teach English, that's a great way to get in to countries. Because you can't go into a lot of these countries as missionaries. So I get to Myanmar and it is people everywhere. It's some huge Buddhist festival. I mean I'm talking Waterwall people, you can hardly move. I was like, oh my word, this place is overwhelming. But while I was there, just for two days, there was a sense of, uh huh, it's here, and I'm like to do missions there. Yeah, to do something here, like we're like, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't, I don't even know. what. And so I get home, I tell Chad, and he was like, okay, well, let's pray about it. Well, then, this sweet, precious woman that I pray with sometimes, she's 80 now, and she's one of my just best friends. I said, okay, Merle we got to pray about this thing. I don't, and I hadn't told her anything about the sense of anything. And I remember she was praying one night. She's like, Mary, I keep seeing this pastor's face. And I think he's that guy from Myanmar. He goes, well, I'm praying for you. I just keep seeing over and over. And I was like, Oh my. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, so God's speaking through other people, you, you know? Yeah. Cause there's times. And so we're sensing it, sensing it, but like, Lord, what do you want to do with it? How do, how do we get there? What do we want us to do? And so, my husband, the Lord has been really gracious. He gives Chad dreams. So Chad had this dream one night and he woke up the next morning. He's like, Mary, I had this dream that I was at work and I was in this huge room and there's all these people in there. And this man comes in and said, who wants to move to Bangkok, Thailand? And Chad's like, I wanted to raise my hand and go, I do. He said, everybody in the room raised their hand, but me. He said, I couldn't raise my hand. And he's like, Lord, why can't I raise my hand? I want to go to Bangkok. That would be a great place for us to live. And Lord's like, no, I want you to move to the sixth largest city in Southeast Asia. And I looked at Chad and I said, we're both racing to the I was going to say, Google, Who Google it first. Who can Google it first? <laughs> it was Yangon, Myanmar. It was the capital city of Myanmar.
1: So what did you do with your new house that you just built and everything? Yeah. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> we knew we were going to have to sell it. And people were like, why would you sell this house? This is your dream. But it was like, but this isn't our dream anymore. You know, it's like, I I don't even know how to explain it. But it's like material things now. It's like, "Eh, it's just a house. I can go get another house. Like this house doesn't define me. This isn't my identity. Mm It's not in this house. Because I think that happens. I I can say when we, Chad and I first started working in our career, you know, and you're successful, your identity becomes in things, you are like, look, I'm, I'm, you know, making good money. I'm successful. I'm doing a good job. I'm, you know, living the American dream. And so for us, as time went on, we were like, eh, this, this isn't, this isn't define who we are.
1: This isn't the dream that God, God, wants God for you. defines. My identity right.
0: is in him. And so, you know, we, we, we start going, all right, we got to prepare. So we started selling everything we had or giving it away, which can I just say there was so much freedom in that. You know, after you're married for a long time, you collect, you collect a lot of things. You collect some oh stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Don't you? So it was like what we couldn't sell. It was like it was so liberating to go, eh, just give it away. And um, we gave a lot away, sold a lot of stuff. Chad and Ava went to Myanmar to be boots on the ground. He's like, I need to see I'm like, yeah, you need to see it. And so a little less than a year before he moved, he and Ava went. They visited. He met some other missionaries there, got some connections, which was really good. And he was given a connection with a businessman there in Myanmar, this this missionary. said, he might be able to help you to get a visa because that was the next step. Lord, how do we get visas? And we thought we were going to be able to get him from this pastor that was there, but he, he wasn't able to do it. And so we're sitting there going, all right. So then Chad had another dream that we were supposed to sell our house when a house was built next to us. Well, there was no house being built next to us. The land wasn't even for sale. So we're like, what? literally about a month after the dream we notice the land sold next door <laughs> and he had a picture of where the house was what it looked like and no light didn't even make sense we thought they won't put the house there they'll put it back in the woods oh no they started building the house right where he had it in his dream so we knew oh my goodness the lord is speaking very clearly to chad through these dreams he needs to, you know we need to listen so that year of 2019 We, like I said, started selling everything, getting ready, and we sell the house with no visa, no nothing, nowhere to live. And we're like, God, we're going to trust you and step out on faith here. Wow. Yeah, it was, wow. Yeah, (laughs) I look back and go, how did we do this? It was crazy. So this guy from Myanmar emails Chad. We get this, Chad gets this date that something's going to happen on this date in April. And the date comes and goes, we're like, well, nothing really significant happened. Well, we look back and go, yeah, it did. The guy in Myanmar, the businessman reached out and said, hey, do you have your visas yet? How can I help? And emailing back and forth, this guy goes, I'm going to help you. Hmm. Never met this guy, have no clue what he looks like. He's like, yeah, send me pictures of your passports. And people were like, what, what? My brother even was like, Mary, this concerns me. You're going over halfway across the world. You don't even know this person. He's inviting you here. But I'm like, you have to be invited. You have to have a letter of invitation to apply for a visa. And so this guy ends up sending us, I think in June, we get a letter inviting us, which would be able, this letter would be able for us to apply online for a visa.
1: Can I ask you, Because you went from April to June, during those those weeks, those months, those days, um, where God's silent, you you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. You can Mm -hmm. hear Him really Mm -hmm. clear, and then it's almost then. Then you just have to wait. Yeah, it's like do do. What do you do during those days?
0: Well, we were really busy. I I have to say, trying to get everything out of the house into storage. We did keep a few little things of the. But how do you
1: how do you persevere in your faith? Knowing, okay, there was a clear moment I heard his voice. Right now I don't hear him, but I'm going to trust him.
0: Holding on to what he said, that everything that he says are, is true, and just going, all right, God, I know you said this. And that's what faith is, right? I mean, it but it's hard, right? When, of when, when you hear God one day and then, then you can yeah, go weeks without hearing him again. But I think it builds your faith. Those moments are are faith builders for us. And it was like, well, okay, God, we've done what you've asked what next and it was like this wait and this this couple from our church said hey we have a one bedroom basement you can stay in for free which was great but it had two bed two twin beds and there were five of us so it was interesting snuggles yeah you just snuggled yeah yeah so, so
1: you got to miramar and then and then what because so, there okay, was another so, curveball yeah, on yeah, you. yeah
0: so you know we stay there we leave in in july we left in july of 2019 going all right god here we go. And so we get there, and um guy that actually got our visas got us an apartment and, and paid the down payment for us. So we only have to stay in a hotel for two or three days because, you know, hotels can be expensive because we would have two rooms. Because right. in Asia, it's only like two to three people per room max. They're really strict about that. So we would to have two rooms for the five of us. You know, we're going, okay, we're spending all this money. We want to be careful. Well, he, he gets us a, a place to live. He puts the down payment for us in good faith, knowing we're coming and we'll pay him back. So God just, I mean, paid everything, the way for you. everything wow. was paid for us. Wow. And so we get there. Uh, Chad knows at some point where he's going to teach English with the, this other pastor we had made contact with. Um, and so, you know, that was fine. But just, you know, a lot of times people warned us things won't go as planned. So just know that when you get there. That, that a lot of times, the things you think you're going to do, you're not going to be doing. So we, you know, meet other people. My daughter, we get her in international school. So she has friends, my oldest. I homeschool the other two. Chad starts teaching English a couple days a week. But it's just this. And I mean, I know you have to give yourself time. When you move to another culture. Yeah, you got you I mean, to it, work it. it sure. You, you Visiting there is so different. Mm-hmm yeah it's, it's not like going to stay in a hotel for a week so what did y'all do thought you're gonna do english and he did for a short time but that didn't really work out the way we thought it was and then it was like so december came and we're like all right lord what next because we're here uh and what are we supposed to be doing like we're not just here to sit So we met, you know, people through that English class, relationships, other people that, you know, especially a Buddhist faith. Obviously, that's the main religion there. And God gave us relationships. We ended up connecting with another pastor from Myanmar and his family. um, And they had adopted a bunch of children. So we were able to start trying to help them as, you know, best we could. Well, so, like... We meet this couple at our church. We're going to this expat church with people from other every other country that speak English. And they're like, Oh, you teach English? And we're like, Yeah, but Chad's like, not right now? And they're like, We need a guy from that looks American because we're even though we're Korean, we're from New Jersey, but but people won't come to our class because we look Korean and they don't think English is our first language. So we need somebody to help us. And Chad's like, Yeah. So Chad goes to the class, lots of people come. And then they're like, can you do this? Can you start working with us? And he was like, well, I got to pray about it. They're like, yeah, but it worked out so well. And was like, but I got to pray about it. So he's like, I just don't know. And this was January at this time, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And we've only been there six, you know, a little over six months. And it's like, okay, what do you mean you can't say yes? He's like, are you asking God how much longer we're supposed to be here? I'm like, Ask him all the time. Yes, of course I do because that was a word we got a few months before we left. Is that ask the Lord when you're supposed to leave because you're going to need to leave quickly, suddenly. And I'm like, what? Like something there was going to be some sort of turmoil or some, something along that line. And it was literally confirmed by one of our board members like literally two weeks before we left. He's like, Hey, while I was praying, y'all make sure you asking the Lord the timeline while you're there because. I just sensed the Lord, like, you're going to have to leave kind of quickly. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. You didn't know March was about to happen. No. I had no clue about COVID. Even though it was on the news, being in Asia, obviously being close to China, you know, and there were some lots, much more cases on that side of the world. We heard about it, but honestly, we, it didn't really. It was time to. You didn't,
1: God was pushing and you didn't know what was around the corner. Yeah. Uh, You know, it seems like, it seems like when God calls or lays something on your heart, it. Chad is either the same exact moment, or he's ahead of you, Mm -hmm. or he's right behind. Like Mm -hmm. y'all are on the same page.
0: usually. So he was like, all right, keep praying. Well, one night we, I didn't even say this, but even in Myanmar, it was cool. The first two weeks we got there, we were able to host a small group. Like that just kind of came out just super quickly. Suddenly it was from the guy that got us to help us get the visa. He's like, hey, do you want to host a small group? Which was great because it allowed us to connect with other English speakers once a week. So every Thursday night we had a small group in our home. And so we were having a small group, and this woman from Australia was there. She and her husband are retired. All they do is travel wherever the Lord sends them and help stir up young people for revival, which is, I'm like, wow. You mm-hmm. live off your retirement and travel and, like, don't do what you want. You just go where God sends you. I mean, I found that so amazing. So she was there, and she looked at Chad and said, did you get anything while we were praying? And he was like, mm-mm. And she's like, are you sure? And at the time, I didn't know that he got something. And so later that night, he's like, I did, but I didn't want to say it. Because I need to pray about it. He's like, Are you praying about when we're supposed to leave? I said, Why do you keep asking me that? Of course I am. I'm like, You're just in between things right now. And I think you're just, Chad is very busy. Chad likes to, he has a hard time sitting still. Right. And so I'm like, It's just because you don't, you're not used to sitting still. And I'm like, Maybe you need to go pray some more. That's what well, I told him.
1: So, so you started getting that stirring saying, It's, it's time. I did. You
0: didn't. need to get back to the he, States. He did. I didn't. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, there was this prayer thing on a Sunday that I was invited to, and so I was like, "Okay, you know, I'll go." Chad's like, well, "I'm gonna stay with the girls." It's like, "Yeah." So I go, and Chad the whole time is like, "I know you're gonna. She's gonna hear from the Lord today. I know she's gonna hear." And I'm sitting there like, "What if I don't hear anything? Like, don't put so much pressure on me." And but God is so good, because that day I heard Him say, "Mary, it's time to go home, and you need to leave within the week." And I thought, "What?" And so I guess What t- month was this? This was February of 2020. This year. Yeah, yeah. And then how
1: many weeks before? And then the the country got shut down.
0: Uh, two or three weeks. Two or three. Weeks. Weeks. Yeah, before all the. So the, when you
1: started, when you turn on the news and you saw, okay, everyone from the United States, you I think it was like Friday by midnight or whatever that was, and you, everyone yeah. needs to get back, and you were already in the states. What, what was that like?
0: Yeah, I think we were still. In shock of having to leave so quickly. I mean, it took me a long time to to go. Okay, because it was so. When you invest so many years to go somewhere, and you you're like, Lord, I'm I'm in it. I'm so committed. But then on the other side, God was so good not to say, Hey, you're only going to be here six and a half months. Because then the whole time be like, Ah, I'm only here six and a half months. You know, I'd only always be looking towards and when we're leaving. Because right. it was an uncomfortable place to live in so many ways. But yet I have to say the people were wonderful there. But but to see that God was yeah, drawing you. I mean, it, it blew my mind because i it's not anything how I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some, you know, government thing. There's going to be a coup attempt or some kind of civil unrest in the country. Never in a million years. COVID. Yeah. I mean, just no. Yeah. So it's like. We left, So I heard, felt like the Lord told me to leave. It was confirmed. This woman told me the Lord had woken her up that morning at the prayer meeting and said that I was leaving soon and to pray for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, like confirmation. And then before we left, the Lord was like, reconcile this in your heart that I have told you to leave. Because there'll probably be people that go, hey, six and a half months is all. And maybe, you know, criticizing, he said, or even the inner voice inside you, criticizing, like, did we do the right thing? Did we do the right thing? He said, reconcile it that it's time for you to leave. And I did. And of course, then who knew a month later in, in mid-March, we'd close here and everything was shut down here. Right.
1: All right. So you're totally like, I feel like you're reading my mind because of my next, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I feel like people, there are thoughts that come in my mind mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. How do I know um, if that thought is from God, mm-hmm. if that decision is mm-hmm. following God, how do you know that?
0: Well, I would say... Like, what are the steps? It sounds like you have people who you confirm it with. I do. Uh, but also just being with Him in His presence. I, I, th- I think that is such a key of just being, being in His presence, being still, being silenced, making getting the busyness. Because, you know, we're busy. Right. We're busy people, especially in our culture. We're so busy doing, doing, doing. And I think that is so... Um, that's a lie in so many ways in the Christian walk because we feel like we had to always be doing, doing, doing and we don't get alone. And and I think that's the thing Chad and I've realized. It's like, okay, like doing things for the Lord is great, not downplaying that.
1: So it sounds like but, being
0: alone for God and then Yeah. And then backing it up with scripture. Yeah. Yeah. It's never gonna contradict Scripture. Right. What he asks you to do. And then
1: godly and, counsel.
0: Yes. And just that peace. There is a peace, I believe, when when you are walking in something and you go, I should not have this much peace. I I mean, really, think about us even just selling our house and not having anywhere to go. We don't have our visas. I should have been, I mean, really, by the world's standard, most people would be in turmoil, but there wasn't. It was just resting, that resting in him, that he's got it. It goes
1: beyond understanding. It
0: does. It's that peace that passes all understanding. It, it is.
1: Well, and the fourth thing I hear in your story is that um, you and Chad are A team and God's not going to call you know one person on the team to something else, He he, he keeps y'all on the same I page,
0: mean, you know. And that was my prayer at that time. I'm like, God, if I'm not hearing you correctly, and He is, help me to have peace about it, even if I don't hear, we're supposed to leave. Like, trust that my husband's heard from me because I know He hears from the Lord. But we have, you know, normally always been on the same page, eventually, maybe not at the same exact moment, but you know, we, we feel like we hear from the Lord and, and get on the same page. But at that moment, I remember my prayer to Lord was like, God, if I don't hear, help me to have peace about this, that, 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 you know, I trust that Chad hears and that I'm going to, you know, follow what he, what he thinks he hears from you because I know he hears from you. And the thing is, I think Julie, Jules, we get to the point of we feel like sometimes we can't hear from God. And I know I felt this way years ago that we don't have the position, the noun, like we're not some spiritual leader versus understanding it's positioning. It's position, meaning I'm, I'm positioning myself, the verb, positioning my heart before the Lord. And I think that's a, a lie we believe sometimes that we have to be super spiritual. We gotta be in a, a place of authority in the church. But God's. I mean, the scripture tells us, my sheep know my voice. And if you're a Christian, you're his sheep. We all can hear his voice, but it's positioning ourselves and in, and in, and in, in shutting out the noise. It, there's so much noise. There's so many things that have our attention, but it's shutting out the noise, quieting, quieting the mind, and asking the Lord, "Okay, God, speak, speak to me. I'm here, and I'll listen to your yeah. voice, and I'll obey." And I don't always and there's and sometimes I do that, and I can't say I always hear something. I, I don't. But, but I still try to make a practice of, of, of doing that.
1: Well, Mary, this is an incredible journey. And I love to it's hear. It's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> it's
0: exciting. And it s- is. scary. It's kind of like I was thinking, it's like a roller coaster, but a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a yeah. story. And that's why I said yeah. there's
1: a ribbon through your mm-hmm. life of God calling you to do things and saying, will you trust me? Even though everybody around you is going to be like, what now? But will you trust me? Yeah. And I appreciate you. Coming to my back deck and sharing this amazing journey that God has you on. And I can't can't
0: wait. I know you probably have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. I don't, but I'm okay with that now. I used to not be. I'd like, you know, you need to know. But now it's like, okay, God, you got it. I'm just going to trust that, you know, you're going to speak and I'm going to hear you when I need to. And everything is going to work together for your good. Yes. Thanks for joining us for this Jewel Show podcast. You can learn more about Mary at deeplyrootedministries.org. That is deeplyrootedministries.org. Don't forget, all the Jewel Show podcasts can be found at thejoyfm.com slash jewels. And you can find Jewel Show podcast at all your favorite podcast hosts.